0: Two massive obstacles stood between the Israelites and the land that God was giving to them. One was the fast-flowing Jordan River, and the other was the strong-walled city of Jericho, which stood solid and firm just inside Canaan's border. One would need to be transversed, the other one taken if the campaign had any chance of succeeding. Now these two episodes will occupy our time when we get to chapters three to six but first of all Joshua needed to know what lay across the Jordan and especially what lay behind those intimidating walls in Jericho. So we sent out two spies as Moses had done so many years before 38 years to precise and he was one of them, to see what Canaan was like. He chose two men and told them to explore the land and the city of Jericho, which stood in their their way to the promised land. And we're told there in verse 3, however, that the king of Jericho had been watching this vast multitude of Israelites coming closer and closer to his city. So he too had sent out spies of his own. His secret service soon brought him news, verse 3 again, that two Israelites had been sneaking around the walls of Jericho. Someone had seen them that very evening creeping silently into the house of Rahab, a, a, a woman well known by the men of the city, and a house which was built into the wall of the city. So Thick were the walls that Joshua and his army would have to breach. And so the king ordered the men to go straight to Rahab's house to question her. But Rahab was too quick-witted for the king. She guessed that someone might come knocking at the door, and so she quickly took the two men up to the flat roof. Stalks of flax had been laid out there to dry in the sun, And she told the men to lie under them. And then she covered them so that no one would have guessed that they were there. Rahab uh, had not a a moment uh, to spare because uh, a, a knock came to the door. The king's men had arrived. Bring out the men who have come to your house, they ordered Rahab, for they are spies. It's true that there were men here, Rahab answered them verse 4 but they left at sunset before the city gates were closed for the night you had better go at once if you want to catch them and I have no idea where they went to and so the puzzled servants hurried off the city gates closed behind them Rahab quickly returned to the roof and to talk to the two Israelites they had some question to ask her one being why a citizen of Jericho risked her life to protect two foreign enemies. And Rahab explained to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. She had heard all the wonderful things that God had done for the Israelites on their long journey to the edge of the river Jordan and the gates of her city, And she was sure that God would give them the victory there as well. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, she goes on in verse 12, that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. so the two spies gladly promised in God's name that the army would take good care of Rahab and her family when uh, Israel attacked Jericho. But she must tell no one of their visit. Rahab took him to the win- window of her house. I will let you down here by a rope, she explained. You be safe outside the walls, escape to the hills until the search is called off, and then go safely back to your camp. And so the two spies gratefully agreed. But they told Rahab what she must do when time came. The time came for Israel to attack Jericho. Tie this length of scarlet cord in this window that you have let us down from. They said, and when our soldiers see it, they will give protection to the, this house and everyone in it. So get your family here with you. They must be in your house. If they are not, then they will not be safe. Quickly and quietly, Rahab fastened the rope to the window and the spies slithered down. Then they took their heels, went to the hills and waited for the king's search party to be called off. Later on, the spies would return, but the rest of the Israelite soldiers the scarlet cord would be the means by which they would recognize Rahab's house and because of it hanging from her window she and her family would be safe Rahab was a lady who many people did not think very much of but she was an important person in the story and someone who we can learn at least a couple of lessons from this morning and the first one is this First of all, she recognized how great God was. She recognized how great God was. What makes this all so strange is that she was not a Hebrew, like the spies or Joshua or the rest of the Israelite uh, nation. They had seen God in action or heard of the great things that had been done in the past, but Rahab hadn't seen any of these things. Or heard of him firsthand, and yet she believed that he was a great God. Verse eleven For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. So, obvious word had got to Canaan ahead of the Israelites' arrival that God, that the God that they followed was a great and mighty God. And two incidents in particular are mentioned here by Rahab. The first is the crossing of the Red Sea right at the beginning of the Exodus, uh, uh, 40 years before. And no wonder they'd heard of that because nothing had ever been seen like that before. The sea parting to allow the Israelites to walk through and then closing up and drowning all the Egyptians who were chasing them and pursuing them, seeking to kill them. The The other story that was told about this great God of the Israelites was one that happened sometime later into the journey from Egypt. One we read of in Numbers chapter 21. And it goes a bit like this. Children of Israel were on their journey to Canaan. They needed to pass through the land of the Amorites. So they went to their king Sheon and said, if you let us pass through your land, we'll not take anything from the fields or your vineyards. We won't even drink the water from your wells. And it was just a reasonable request on their part to take a shortcut through their country. But instead of helping them and agreeing to their request, the king decided that he would attack them. It was the wrong move. And they were well and truly defeated by the Israelites, as was King Og of Bashan, who tried the same thing. And so Rahab had heard the stories of how these great and mighty kings were being defeated by the Israelites, and now they were on the march towards them. So she tells the spies that when they heard these stories, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed. They knew they could not defeat them because of the great God who the Israelites followed. (laughs) Friends, we seek to serve a great God a great and mighty God, a great big God, a God who we cannot even begin to comprehend and understand, and yet a God who loves us and knows us each one by name. Rahab, although she was not an Israelite, put her trust in this God of the Israelites. It's an amazing thing. Because for you and for me today, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because of what people have told us about him and what we read of him in the Bible and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But here was a lady who put her faith in God simply because of what she heard. She had heard of the great things God had done, and that for her was enough. She did not need any more proof she knew that there was no greater a God in whom she could put her faith. Friends, who is the God who we believe in this morning? Is he the one who we believe can do some things, but not all things? Do we believe that he cares about the big things in our lives, but not necessarily about the ordinary, everyday things? Do you believe that he is a God who maybe only looks after certain people but not like folk like you and me? How can he be a God that is with Peter and Jane Fleming and their ministry in Nepal and yet at the same time be with you and me here this morning? How can he keep the world in motion and yet design the beautiful flowers that we have in our gardens and do all things you see, the only thing that limits God's greatness is our minds. How great is the God that you worship this morning? Do you choose to make him small, to make, him, to make it convenient to him? Do you limit him in your lives so that you can be comfortable with him? Or do you want to see him in all his glory and what he can do for you as well as what he can do through you and your life? You see, Rahab believed in a great and powerful and awesome God. There was no greater. And so she knew that she needed to bow the knee to him. I wonder, is that what we need to do this morning as well. Because God is only small in our lives because we have not bowed the knee to him. But the second thing that Rahab believed here in this story was that this great God would keep her safe. Rahab's scarlet, score, uh, scarlet cord was to be a sign that she believed that God was great enough to keep her safe. Not just a sign for the Israelites to pass by a house, but a sign of the faith that she had that God would protect her when the spies would return with the army of Israel and Jericho was attacked. Some people have said that this symbol was a bit like the Israelites' In Egypt, who many years before on the night of the Passover had painted the blood of a lamb on their doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over their house and keep them safe and they would not suffer the plague of the death of the firstborn that we just read from Hebrews. It was the blood that kept them safe. And it was an event that the Jews still celebrate. They call it the Feast of the Passover. The sign of the blood was the sign of safety and it would be the scarlet cord that would be the same for Rahab. It is the blood that the Lord Jesus shed on the cross for you and for me, which allows us to have that same confidence in God that he is greater than anything. It is the scarlet cord of the cross which assures us that through faith our sins can be forgiven. The prophet Isaiah uses the color scarlet to describe our sins. In chapter 118, we use it as our gospel declaration this morning. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And the prophet didn't know exactly how this would ultimately come to pass, but we know that it was made possible because of the Lord Jesus. We know because of his great sacrifice on the cross. We can know our sins forgiven, and we can have faith and hope that God is with us and that he has prepared a place for us to live with him in heaven when we die. An even greater place than this world. Rahab believed that God was a great God and that he would keep her safe. That was all she could believe. That was all she needed at that particular time or she thought she needed. And so when the Israelite army arrived in chapter 6, they found the scarlet cord that Rahab had hung from her window and they saved Rahab and her family. Later, Rahab married a man of Israel by the name of Salmon. Uh, they had a son called Boaz. He married a lady called Ruth. Her great-great-grandson was a man called King David. And many years after that, another child was born in the same family line, and his name was Jesus. Jesus. The question is often asked about this story of Rahab. Does it justify lying? We read there in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 31, that Rahab has commended for her faith in God and how she welcomed the spies. But nothing is said about her lies. At the end of the day, it would be God who would protect her and her family and give the ultimate victory to israel and her lies would have no part of it but it is important to remember that rahab was a pagan prostitute denying associations with people and refusing to acknowledge that certain men had been to her home were probably all part of her lifestyle It was only later that she met for herself the God of Israel and writes Charles Price. Her faith in him, evidenced later in the story, not only results in her being mentioned in the New Testament, but brings her into the ancestry of Christ. And all of this because she believed in how great God was and how she could put her trust in him. He was the one who would make her strong and courageous. And that's good for us to remember this morning as well. In the, in the rhythms of our lives, in the mundane as well as in the vital, the joyful as well as in the painful, that he is the one who makes us strong And courageous too. Because he is the great God. He is the good God. How good is the God we adore. Our faithful unchangeable friend. His love is as great as his power. And knows neither measure nor end. Tis Christ is the first and the last. Whose spirit will guide us safe home. We'll praise him for all that is past and trust Him for all that's to come. So what is the one thing that we need to trust God for this week? What is the one thing that you need to trust God for this week? What and where do we need to believe that He is big enough to make us strong enough and courageous enough to face it so that we might trust him completely through it. Our God is a great big God and he holds us in his hands. Let's pray together. Father God, we acknowledge that we have no other but you. You are our rock and our redeemer. And so we pray, O God, that not only may all our days bring glory to your name, but at this point in time in our lives, when we will walk out of the doors of this church this morning, That we will trust you that you are the great God. And that we will place our lives completely in your hands. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.